Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families in cattle country. On May 16th, the California Cattle Council bussed a group of chefs, butchers, and other hospitality professionals to Circle Ranch in Ione. Circle Ranch was ideal because of its proximity to Sacramento, relative beauty, and its wonderful owners in Tim and Jill Curran. It should be noted that hospitality professionals are famously a wily bunch, largely nocturnal, and Mondays are often their day off. Despite these traits, we were able to cajole 20 of them to join us on a trip to the ranch, which is about 40 miles southeast of Sacramento. We often say that the best way for people to better understand ranches and dairies is for them to actually visit one. Given the relative remoteness of most of these operations, such visits aren't always feasible. However, we've created a program where we bring hospitality professionals for ranch and dairy visits a few times a year with the intention of creating a better connection between producers and those that serve as the ambassadors of ranch and dairy products to the consumers. We were given a walking tour of the ranch and we're lucky to hear from Tim and Jill Curran about many aspects of their operations. They'd spend the first day or so pushing each other around. Pushing each other around. Saying, no, no, I'm number two. You're not number two. I'm we also heard from Hayden Clement, a technician from the Chico State Meat Lab. For those unable to attend, we're providing a recap of the trip with the help of Molly Dennis, who attended the tour and who is an industry veteran. And to gauge the efficacy of the educational components, we end the interview with an intensive multiple choice test. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. My name is Molly Dennis. I am the educator for Northern California and Walnut Creek for Diageo Hospitality. Do you have uh, a background in ag at all, or, or are you more of a city person? Or? I So I am fortunate to have grown up in the uh, very tip-top of Northern California in Redding, California, a little small town called Happy Valley. Um, and so I did grow up on uh, like a very small, small, small farm. My parents own about 15 acres um, out in a beautiful little city outside of Anderson. And, you know, we grew up with horses. My brothers were involved in 4-H and I did go to a high school um, called West Valley that was very, very big in agriculture. I just was not a part of it. I did, it was around me. Definitely. We had pigs and chickens and, you know, cows and horses growing up, but it was never anything I was a part of. No. So how did you end up doing what you do now? Like what was the path? Um, so my path was, uh, you know, I got a job when I was 15 years old. That was kind of what we did in, you know, that smaller like town. And, you know, if you weren't going to do certain things, you went to work, you know. And so I um, chose to start working in the hospitality industry from the hospitality industry. I left when I was 20 years old and I came to Sacramento. Um, I started working for a local um, corporate restaurant um, and then I ended up being becoming uh, basically a bar trainer. So I ended up teaching people how to bartend for, you know, five, six years. And I got the chance to travel the country. I got to go to some really cool places. I was, you know, I spent weeks in places like Missoula, Montana and Birmingham, Alabama, and, you know, out in Wyoming and Tennessee and I'm um, getting to explore the country. And, uh, then I decided to come back home. Um, when I was home, uh, I started working for a bar group and with that bar group, I got offered the opportunity to apply for, um, a company called Diageo. And we work with, um, 
that team. And we basically get the chance to work with like local trade and, you know, uh, chefs and bartenders and people um, on our brands, Crown Royal being one of the top ones that we do. We went to a tour at Circle Ranch with um, Tim and Jill Curran, uh, what, on the 16th. And it was a really nice, hospitable, like hospitality kind of situation. Do you see connections between the hospitality industry and then ranches and farms? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It, and I 100% agree. It's those little finer touches that really make for like a great experience wherever you go. Like whether it's, you know, somebody coming to your home, you inviting a guest to dinner and really wanting to make it special. And, you know, even going out to visit uh, Tim and Jill, that was incredible. Um, and, you know, they're just them greeting us when we got off the bus, them having, you know, flowers on the table, them, you know, having snacks and, you know, Jill walking around with a, you know, a plate of just things to make sure that we were all fed and hydrated and you know she it's a warm day make sure you know you eat and you know even Tim too like where he's seems like a generally kind of quiet person um like he you know opened up and was incredibly humble to let us be in his like space and I think that speaks true to you know when you're going into a restaurant or bar you know anywhere people really want you to feel comfortable in their space they want you they want to show you you know their home and like what they've done and I think the two are incredibly like mutual for sure was there anything that, that surprised you or you found interesting about the trip? Oh, God. I mean, the whole thing was really cool. I, I honestly could have probably spent another like eight hours out there um, just hanging out with them. But I think what's really cool to see is a like how long these ranches have been around. You know, I, I think Tim was what, six, six generation, so, yeah. something like that. And um, I think that's really, you know, that's amazing. It's cool to think like how long all of these ranches have been around and how long they've been, you know, out there taking care of the land and how important it is. You know, we as just general consumers, for lack of a better term, are, you know, driving by and, you know, all you see is all these, you know, fields and you're like, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of green grass like up there, you know, and you're no, there's a lot that goes into taking care of that land. And it, it's, you know, being cognizant of water resources and, uh, you know, how they how they take care of it, how they help with, you know, the cattle and like where the cattle are at. And I mean, one of the biggest he said, I think they have 850 acres. Uh, right. And I was like, holy cow, like I could I could barely keep, you know, seven plants alive, like in my backyard. And he, you know, and his family and Jill are just it's just it's incredible what they do. And, you know, learning it and the business side of it. And, you know, then that nurturing part comes out really, too, which is really is really awesome to see, like taking care of, you know, um, the land, taking care of the cattle, like knowing how to take care of them. You know, just the little nuances that you can really tell that they put a lot of heart into it for sure. I remember talking to two cowboys and they were talking about the concept of grafting. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Um, that's where the, for the, the, the little calf, right? Mm -hmm. When like the, if the calf passes away and then they have to graft for the mom so that the mom, like so the calf gets fed to the other milk cow. Correct. correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's just, to me, it was such a surprising thing because on the surface it's because basically what they do is if there's, there's a, a, a cow that, that loses a calf and then there's also sometimes there'll be cows have twins and they yeah. won't take care of both. They'll, yeah. they'll pick one or the stronger one kind of survives. And what they need to do is, you know, convince one of the, uh, the cows to take care of uh, a calf that is not theirs. Mm -hmm. And they won't do it unless they identify it as being their, their own. And, and so what they do, would do is, and, and this is done pretty quickly because calving happens pretty quickly. And, and this is something that has, has to happen within a few hours. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll skin the dead calf yeah. and then basically kind of make a sweater out of, out of the skin 
and put it over an orphan calf. Mm -hmm. And then the, and it's the most effective way to get them to, to like unite or get them to, to pair. And it sounds crazy. Like whoever the first person is like, I have an idea. Right. You know, they're like, you're an animal, you know. If you think about it, it's beneficial for absolutely everyone involved. I just thought it was funny that he, with talking about all the other operations, he just brought up grafting. It's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. it's a thing we do. Well, and it's crazy, too, hearing him speak to like their every day, you know, is just wild. Like what goes into taking care of like their cattle or is that how you say their cattle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then the other part of the programming that we did was that we brought Hayden Clement from the Chico State Meat Labs. And he kind of came, so the group that we had was a mix of chefs, there were some butchers, and there were other people kind of in general hospitality, you know? So we had some some restaurant managers and we had, um, you know, people like you that that rep other parts of the industry. What was your takeaway from uh, his presentation? I mean, just like myself, someone who, you know, just goes to the store and, you know, buys, oh, this, you know, this chicken looks good or we can get this cut of meat or stuff like that. But the the understanding of like where you're getting, you know, your meat from, how it's fed, you know, how it's cared for, like even just the fat, the color of the fat, like on some of the cuts that he was showing us was crazy to think like, you know, you got, you're being conscious of that stuff and understanding where it comes from. And then also just kind of being ignorant to, you know, when he made the joke, he's like, ah, when people always ask, can we get, you know, five cuts of, you know, a port, what did he say? A porterhouse or a, it's the, the back legs, um, the tri-tip. Yeah. And everybody's always like, I want, you know, seven cuts of tri-tip. And he was like, well, me too. But you know, that's not the way that the cow is made up and that's not how many that we get, we get two. Like, so that's what you can have, you know? And it was really cool to see that other side. Cause especially for, you know, restaurants, bars and places that we work with, I think it's great to go local and be able to support, you know, people like Hayden and like what he's doing and, you know, cause it can all intertwine with each other. And so it's really awesome to think like, Oh, we could, you know, get a cut of meat. We can, you know, take a really awesome, like barrel aged uh, crown Royal or, you know, anything that we want to do a flavor profile and we can have him marinate it for us and do something special that we can invite people like Jill and Tim down to, you know, thank them for their hospitality and encourage them to come to, you know, another restaurant in Sacramento and get to, you know, experience that with them. So it's cool to see that he can do all of those things and his knowledge and experience. It was like crazy. And just the, the flavor profiling that he can do too, with like his cuts of sausage and what he can do. And I think it was also really important to hear that they don't want to waste. What I did this morning was I created a 10 multiple choice questions to see how much you got, you know, from the the trip and and listening to Hayden speak and such. So uh, we will start. um, Or so the question is, at what point do microbial changes stop during dry aging? And so it'd be A, almost immediately, B, in a few days, C, in a few weeks, D, never. I almost want to say immediately or never. Is it? Um, Because I do remember him talking about how like time was important, like the time aspect for what people want to do. Is it, is it immediately? It's a, uh, it's 14 days. 14 so, days? Yeah. So I said a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. That's what he said. He said, it said beyond that point. Um, the aging does have an effect on flavor, right? but basically the microbial action or the en- enzymatic action apparently, uh, kind of ceases after 14 days and the rest is just kind of water losses. Okay. From, from what I remember the next question why would you dry age beef? Is it A, intensifies flavor, B, it makes for a more tender steak, C, 
it adds a slight nuttiness or D, all of the above. <laughs> I don't know about the nuttiness. It was delicious though. We got the chance to taste both. I think they did a dry, right? We did, mm. we did, we, they like compared. Oh gosh. Is it more tender? It's all of the above. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no. All right. So I'm sorry, uh, Hayden. I promise no, I was he, listening. <laughs> he, um, what is the primary benefit to wet aging over dry aging? So A, it's safer. B, money. C, it takes up less space. Or D, wetter is better. It takes up less space? No, money. 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 Yeah. Okay, yeah, money. Yeah, so basically there's less moisture loss. And then so it weighs out differently, weighs out heavier apparently. Okay. But then there's a lot of talk about dry aging and, 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 and wet aging uh, are completely different as, as far as uh, flavor goes. I think you're going to kill these, these ones here because we've already kind of talked about it. Which of the following cuts of meat is very popular in California but relatively unpopular elsewhere? Is it A, tri-tip, B, skirt steak, C, oxtail, or D, hanger steak? I want to say tri-tip. Tri-tip is, is right. really popular. Yeah. And there's two, right? That they, there's two cuts that they can get. Next question. How many tri-tips <laughs> are on a cow? A, two, B, four, C, depends on the cow. <laughs> I mean, for most, I feel like for most butchers, they probably want it to depend on the cow, but uh, it's two. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is a tricky one. What type of cows do the Currens raise? Is it Hereford, Holstein, Cemental, or Angus? Angus? It's Angus, right? It is Angus. It's, it's actually, Angus. It's Angus and Samantha. Sim Angus is the... Sim so Angus. You could have gotten... If you said C or D, you, you would have been right regardless. Okay. So Sim Angus. Sim Angus. Sim Angus. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. What is the average weight of a mature Angus cow? A, 1,200 pounds. B, 1,500 pounds. C, 2,000 pounds. D, I think it's rude to ask. D, I do think it's rude to ask, but I will I will say that I think say the first one again. Twelve hundred. And then the second one? Fifteen hundred. Why do I think it's twelve hundred? Because that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Twelve hundred pounds. Uh, how many dairy cows are on Circle Ranch? A one. B ten. C three hundred. D none. I feel like this might be a trick question because doesn't their son have a dairy cow? That was like a friend. That's like his, his buddy. Well, like, how many cows would that be? One? That would be one. One, one. is correct. Yeah, one do, is correct, right? They maintain one uh, dairy cow. Because I think it's it's their son's dairy cow. Because I asked Tim, I was like, do you ever get attached? And he was like, kind of. He's like, you know, you nurture and you care for and, you know, you basically raise these animals and, you know, you're, you know, the person that, you know, they look to to make sure that they're taken care of. And then, you know, you obviously have to do the business side of it. But, you know, you generally, you know, get a little sad and some of them with their different personalities, you can get attached for sure. Three more questions. These are actually not really multiple choice. But the first is what's the best steak? A steak from Circle Ranch. But what, but what cut? Oh, uh, I do like a tri-tip. I, I do enjoy okay. a tri-tip cut, yeah. Do you like it blue, rare, medium, or well done, or somewhere in, in between? Um, I'm a big, like, me, rare, medium to rare, like, person. I do enjoy it, like, a rare. What is the best burger? And this could be either homemade or from a restaurant. So I, this is uh, like going back up to like the Redding, California area. So there was this really great um, like burger place called Bartels. Um, it was a very, 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 it was like a small, like, you know, little diner type place. And they had four 
all the way down like I-5. Um, I think the last one ends in, I wanna say Corning, um, but very delicious um, hamburgers. And I definitely have a little, it's nostalgic because it was my dad's favorite um, hamburger place too. They're still open or no? Uh, they have one left in Reading, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming out here. Oh, thank you for talking. having me. A very special thanks to the Currens, who are so generous with their time, and to the industry professionals that woke up early and spent their day off with us. If you'd like to see photographs of our visit, including cows maintaining a safe distance from ranch visitors, visit www.calcattlecouncil.org. If you want a glimpse into our travels, we start an Instagram account at Country. If there's something you'd like to hear from stories from California cattle country, you can contact me directly at ryan at calcattle.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening.